0: Hi. I think Boulevard does that for the kids. You know, have the kids up here because they just know that it's so cute, and it's. Uh, but the, I don't see any adults coming up. <laughs> and why? Why is that? You know. Hey, that's good. A little light really helped. Yeah, that's great. That's great. It's great to be back in south um, southern half of the United States, southern half of Florida, and the southern, well, actually the northern half or the northern part of Miami. Yeah, it's a little colder up here than in Miami, and uh, it's really, it's disgusting. That's what it is. You get to have all this warm weather and uh, it was so cold. And I, is, is it true the East Coast, like New Jersey, and that got 10 inches, is that right, of snow? Snow. Is that true? You don't even care, do you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You don't even care about it. I mean, it's amazing, you know. Let <clears throat> the North have it, right? Well, it's been good. It's been a, it's been a year since we've been here. And uh, just really appreciate the opportunity of being here. I uh, just want you to know, uh, I, pray, uh, I pray often for you. Do, me personally, I have you on my prayer list. The, sa- the elders, the deacons, and the saints at Boulevard, as well as Peter. We, we, Peter and I have a little covenant going that we pray, we'd pray. We said this last year, we'd pray for each other. And I've been trying to be faithful in doing that. You know, one of the things that I have noticed about the world today... And uh, one of the things that I think it is at a premium uh, is, is one, represented in one word. And this, this one word, people really want, want it so badly and so desperately. And if they could have it, if they realized that they could have it, it would be incredible. Things would change, right? It really would change. And that word is forgiveness. A lot of people just do not know that they can be forgiven. A lot of people are walking around, maybe even in this auditorium today, with a boatload of guilt and not realizing that they can be forgiven, as well as they've asked for forgiveness and don't feel forgiven. I hope this isn't you, but it could be. It could be. Is there a possibility that you are living today with such guilt that you just don't know what to do about it? I want to talk about forgiveness today. I want to see what the Word of God has to say about this issue. Because when we look at this, the Bible gives us two aspects of forgiveness that we must learn and obey. Two aspects of forgiveness. And the first aspect of forgiveness is the personal forgiveness and then relational forgiveness. Personal forgiveness. When we talk about personal forgiveness, I'd like us to look at a couple of passages of scripture. And when we talk about personal forgiveness, we're going to go all over the place. So this is like a sword drill. You guys up to it? There's there's pew Bibles, right? Okay. So if you have a hard time finding where these verses are, I want you to look at this, because this is God speaking to you. Okie doke, will you do that? Will you look at these? Everybody, look at these verses. And so let's go, let's fly through them and see them. Now, if you're like me, I wear contacts, but I also have to wear glasses because I can't see. Anyway, some of you are going, this print's too tough. Tough noogies, read it. Get it out. Open it up. Okie Doc. Will you do that? All right. Let's let's go to let's go to the word and see what, because the Bible gives us the aspect of personal forgiveness, and when we talk about personal forgiveness, I want to talk about first of all the initial personal forgiveness, the the initiation of it, the first blush of personal forgiveness. This is cool. This is really cool, because we don't deserve it. We don't deserve the forgiveness of God. We don't deserve it, but He gives it to us. He lavishes it on us. Isn't that amazing? Okay, let's look at some passages. Let's look in terms of personal forgiveness. Look at Matthew 26, if you would. Matthew 26, 26 26 through 28. And we just finished this particular meeting, and this is what the meeting is so precious. It's called the breaking of bread, the Lord's Supper. It's at 9.30 here every every Sunday. Uh, you can, as often as you do this, and it really does speak of personal forgiveness. Think about this. And that's what makes that meeting so precious. It's not just because the brethren do it, and we just do it because they, you know, it's a tradition. No, no, no. It's because the Lord, the Lord asked it of us, number one. Number two... It constantly tells us of what his forgiveness is all about. Matthew chapter twenty six, verse twenty six, and then we're eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it, and gave to his disciples, and said, Take eat, this is my body. And he took the cup, gave, and gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink you all of it. For this is my blood in the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. When we talk about initial personal forgiveness, we have to talk about the aspect of the forgiveness of sins. And the forgiveness of sins is based only, only upon the Lord Jesus Christ and what He has done for us on the cross. And only that. And that is so important for us. Acts chapter 10. Please turn there. Acts chapter 10. That's to the right a few passages. A few books. Acts chapter 10. And it says in verse 40, verse 42, And He commanded us. This is Peter talking now. And He commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he who who is ordained by God to be the judge of the living and dead, to to him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believes on him shall receive the remission of sins. So what happens now? What is he saying? That the Lord Jesus Christ is the only one who can forgive sins. Why? Based off of what he has done on the cross based on the death, burial, and physical resurrection of the sinless Son of God. See, here's here's the problem that we have. We're sinful. I don't care what the psychologists say. I know what my experience says and I know what the Word of God has to say. The, my experience confirms what the Word of God has been saying for centuries, and that is I'm a sinner. I must say all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I need that sin in order to have a right relationship with God, to be covered, to be sent away. That's exactly what forgiveness means, to be sent away, to be gone. And so if I'm going to have a right relationship with God, and I need this, and the only way I can have initial personal forgiveness is to trust Jesus Christ as my personal savior realizing that He died on the cross for my sins and that I could not do it myself. He paid it in full. Now, did you catch that? He paid it in full. Not partial. Not like i got to help Him out in this, but He paid the whole thing in full. And I like that, personally, because for years and years and years, I used to think that we could do it ourselves. And I really realized that it was, a, it was hopeless. It really was hopeless. I could not do it myself. I could not get my sins forgiven. I lived for 18 years with, as we said before, a boatload of guilt. And the reason why I felt so guilty is because I was. I was guilty of sin. Guilty in sin in my heart. Guilty in terms of actual transgressions. Actually doing something about that. What was in my heart. Because God knows what's in your heart. He knows the sin in your heart, number one, and in your mind, as well as what you've actually done. And that separates us from God. I hate that. That's why some people think that God doesn't exist. Because they're so estranged from Him. They're so separated from Him. They don't think that God exists. How come God hasn't talked to me? Well, He has. He has spoken to us in the person of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So the personal forgiveness, the initial personal forgiveness that we get, we get it by trusting in Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. I had a friend of mine. This guy was third in the state of Ohio in wrestling, in high school wrestling. That's pretty good. I mean, Division I high school wrestling, okay? And uh, he was He was really he's a tough guy. He'd go to a bar. Get this. He'd go to a bar... And then the next the next day, he'd wake up and his knees would be ripped out of his pants, and he and he'd go, what? What is the world? What is the world? You know, and so his friends said, you have no idea, you have no idea why your why your knees are ripped out. He goes, no. What what do I do? What? Hap- why do my knees get ripped out? He says, you. Here's what you do. You go to a bar. You get so drunk and so loaded that you go. And, you know, this guy was like... His specialty was this. His specialty in, in high school wrestling... This is why he took third in the state of Ohio. He let, he'd take the guy down, right? And then let the guy up. So that guy got one point for getting up. And he got three for taking him down. And that's all he did. Boom! Take him down let him up. three one two, six two boom, nine, three. You know, and this is how he went. He went to state, you know? And it's just amazing. So now transport a few years and this guy's going to bars and you know what he would do he'd pick fight with the biggest guy in the in the bar he's drunk he'd go in there and he'd go and then the guy would take a swing at him he'd take him down and then let him up and so you got to go down you got to drag your legs and you got to go down in his knees his pants would get ripped out when this guy's his name's daryl when daryl trusted christ as his personal savior He said, I trusted Christ that next morning after I trusted Christ. He said, I walked outside. (laughs) This is not Daryl. Before he goes, I looked at the sky and I said, Wow, how blue is the sky? I heard birds singing, Daryl. (laughs) He said, I saw how green the trees were, how green the leaves on the trees were. He said, This is incredible, this is fantastic. And he said, for the first time in his life, he felt forgiven because he had trusted Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. And everything changed. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. And I like that one song, uh, you know, that uh, you know we're free, free at last. And that's just a beautiful thing, the initial forgiveness that we have. And then I want you to keep turning to the right to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, because li- listen, listen to this. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. We have forgiveness of sins. You, if you've trusted Christ as your personal savior, you have been and you are forgiven. Isn't that cool? Yeah, oh man, that, this is, who else can top this one? Nobody can top this one. I mean, nobody. Think about it. All the things that people do. Dr. Phil can't touch this one. Neither can Oprah. Nobody can touch this except Jesus Christ, right? Nobody can. And so then we look at, look at Hebrews chapter 9. Keep turning to the right. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22. And almost all things are... By the law, purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. You can't work your way to heaven. You can't do it. There's only one way to get to heaven, and that's trust in Jesus Christ. Now you say, well, that's good. I've done this, Chris. I really do. I've done this. And I'm going, that's fantastic. Because what we need now is, you say, well, Chris, I've trusted Christ initially. Maybe I was five. Me, I was 18. I don't know how old you are. Uh, And I'm not going to ask, especially the ladies. But the thing is, I'm I'm going to ask you, when when did you trust Christ as your personal Savior? Is it possible for those of us who have trusted Christ as our personal Savior and then initially been forgiven, but then now commit sin? Is that possible? Yeah, the answer is yeah. Yeah. And so now we have not only initial forgiveness, initial forgiveness we have continual forgiveness we have continual forgiveness because if you live long enough as a christian you might lose your temper you might have bad thoughts in your mind you might these are all sins right but it's a different relationship now we have a relationship with god now what we do is we break the fellowship with him we're still saved we're still born again that's eternal security but now we feel. Now we start to feel estranged again. We start to feel, you know, I wish I was really tight with God and all this stuff, because we've committed sins and our fellowship with Him—that sweet fellowship that we initially uh, received and re- enjoyed—feeling oh, guilty again. Well, here's a verse for you, First John. Do you keep going to the right, First John? Like us to look at this is one of the verses that, or passages that I have almost memorized. I got this memorized. In fact, I, I look at this passage and I go, "This is this is like incredible because I, I go to this all the time." I don't know about you, but look at First John chapter one verse eight and following. Notice this because he's talking about continual forgiveness. And if we, let's say, verse 8, if we say we have no sin, this is a believer now, he's talking to believers, not talking to unbelievers. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and his truth is not in us. How's that one for you? So if we say, well, no, not me, I talked to a guy one time, I haven't sinned in seven years. You know, and he's t- telling us he's a Christian. This is a at Michigan State University. <laughs> well, that's his second sin. The first one was pride, and then the next one is lying. Okay, so if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and his truth is not in us. If we confess, and that word confess means to speak the same thing, to agree with God. If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from what? Huh? From what? All. All. Don't, don't forget that word. All unrighteousness. And so then it says, uh, if we say we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and his, and his word is not in us. My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. But if any man sin We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation. I love that word. I couldn't say it at the beginning. Uh, When I first got saved, I got a King James Bible. I'm going to... (laughs) I have no idea how to say it, and I had no idea what it meant. You know, the propitiation for our sins. And I'm thinking to myself, what does that mean? That sounds really theological. And makes, if I can say it, it'll make me really look smart. You know, he is the propitiation. It literally means the satisfying sacrifice. Now, notice what it says. He is the satisfying sacrifice for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. So, what did Jesus Christ do? Not only did he initially give us forgiveness... But he is the continual, that sacrifice that he made is continually effective in my life. He is the propitiation for my sins. He's he's satisfied. So I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a question because when you sin, how's this one for you? Do you ever do this one? You sin and you ask God to forgive you, but you don't believe him. You do the old Catholic thing. When I was raised Catholic, you know, it's called penance. i got to do something in order to placate this wrathful God. Do you ever do that? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm really asking you to forgive me. And you're sincere about it. But, you know, that's something i got to do to get rid of it. Do you ever feel that way? You don't feel completely clean or like you don't take him at his word? Have you ever felt that way? Or am I the only one that's felt that way? You have, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, you have. And the thing about it is this. Would you just believe His Word? Propitiation means this. He satisfied the Father. Not you. Not the memorization of Scripture, as cool as that is. Not the reading of the whole Bible through and through, as wonderful as that is. Not the going out and turning a new leaf over. No, that's not going to give you forgiveness. Those are good things, but that's not going to give you forgiveness. What gives you forgiveness? The blood of Christ. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing Nothing but the blood of Jesus. We should do a duet sometime. Oh, precious is that flow. You don't know the words, do you? That makes the white as snow. No other found. I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I like it. Okay, and I love that. I love that. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So don't walk around. You cannot walk around today carrying that load of guilt if you've asked Him to forgive you. And you said, Lord, forgive me. He has forgiven. He has forgiven. And just walk... And you can walk away, zippity-doo-dah, zippity eh I've been forgiven forever and a day. <laughs> I just made that up, obviously. <laughs> and that's really pretty bad. You know, you look at, you look at, uh, like, a, there's other verses that talk about this, other chapters. Psalm 32, blessed is the man, right? Oh, how very happy is the man whose sin is covered, whose sin has been forgiven. Right? Happy. That's what it that means. Oh, how very happy. Blessed is the man. sheer is the Hebrew word. And it means, oh, how very happy is the, is, the, is the person that is forgiven. It's continual, too. It's a continual forgiveness. A lot of us, and this is what I mean, a lot of us are just sitting there, we're sitting here today and we're going yeah 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 that sounds really good is it really true yeah God said it and you got to make a decision here's what you got to do you got to sit here and make a decision am I going to believe God's word or am I going to believe my feelings you know am I am I going to believe my feelings am I going to believe what dr. Phil said or what am I what I'm going to believe God I'm, and if he says that I'm forgiven I am He's the one that dispenses it anyway. So we're forgiven. We're forgiven. And I like I like this passage and we take it by faith by the way in Romans chapter 4 we call this cult uh the cult 45 right in terms of evangelism but we look at this Romans chapter 4 and we look at this as verses 5 through 7. But to him that works not, but believes on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Even as David also describes the blessedness of the man unto whom the Lord does not charge to their account righteousness apart from works. Saying, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not charge to their account sin that's imputed the word imputed I love that I'm free I'm forgiven oh, oh. do you ever have this when I first got saved I felt just exactly like that. I felt like the war was over inside I felt like there was a big war going on all the way up until I got saved. And then now I can ask God to forgive me. I said, Lord, please, would you forgive me? I said an unkind word. and The Spirit of God convicting me of it. Lord, would you just help me to believe your word? Thank you. And if I need to make restitution with somebody, if I hurt my brother, if I, you know, hurt his feelings or whatever like this, and he needs to come to me, we're going to talk about relations. Because we're talking about personal. Now we're going to talk about relational. How do I deal with another brother or sister in terms of forgiveness? Hmm. A lot of thoughts out there. But the question we have is this. Do we have this personal forgiveness initially and continually? And I hope the answer for you is absolutely yes. I hope that's the answer you're sitting here giving, giving in your own heart and mind before the Lord. Having this personal forgiveness. There's nothing like it. I just got to tell you this too. I just have to tell you this. It's predicated off of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Which is predicated off of or based off of his love. And I want to tell you something here. Listen to me. No other religious system can ever give you the love of God. Islam can't. Buddhism can't. Confucian won't. It's the love of God as found in Jesus Christ. You're not going to get any other love. You can follow any other real world religion. Zero asterism. Ah, yes! I know all these different... I've studied them in the university. Ha! Yes, I've got, but they're not going to give you the forgiveness of God. They're not going to give you the love of God as found in the person of Jesus Christ as demonstrated from him. No one will except Jesus Christ. No other religious system. So what I say to those other religious systems, Fooey on you, that's not from the Greek word anywhere. It's just my word. Because it didn't do it for me, but Jesus did. And I love him. He first loved me so I can love him. So you're not very tolerant. You bet you I'm not. Not on that regard. Jesus said this I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And there's no other way. There's no other way. Now, what happens? You know, the Bible gives us the aspect of personal forgiveness. But what happens if we sin one against another? What happens that brothers and sisters like siblings can often do? Hmm. This is true, unless you're an only child. Uh, but you all still have to work this out. You have relational forgiveness. Now, what does that mean? Okay, let's look at it. Let's look at some passages. And the main... Pa- that I'd like us to look at is Matthew chapter 18. A passage I'd really like us to look at is Matthew 18. And when we look at Matthew 18, uh, people look at this a little bit differently. And uh, Aaron, you're a pretty good reader, aren't you? Who's, who's the really good reader here? Okay, Titus, you're a good reader. Okay, Matthew 18. 18 verses 15 through 35. With a good clip so we're not like dragging, but slow enough that we can follow along. Okie doke? Okay, go ahead, bro.
1: Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, neglects to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglects to hear the church, let him be unto thee as an heathen man and a publican. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, if it shall be done for them of my Father which is in for where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Then Peter t- said to him, and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me, and not forgive him, till seven times? Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him ten thousand talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife and children, and all that he had, and payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of the servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him. Pence. And he laid hands on him, and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servants fell down at his feet, and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast me to prison, until he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry, and came and told unto their lord all that was done. Then his lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O oh, thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt. Thou desirest me. Shouldst not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wrath, and delivered him to the tormentors till so he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, even so if ye from your hearts forgive not every one of his
0: brothers. Their trespasses. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And when we look at this passage, when we look at this particular passage, we see a few things here. We see, you know, we talk about relational forgiveness. What happens? Now, uh, this, this particular passage is often used in terms of church discipline. It really is. There are other passages that are for that as well. But this is talking about my relationship with you, your relationship with me as one brother or sister in Christ to another. How do we treat each other when there has been a transgression or sin against one another? And then notice what, where the onus is. The onus meaning where what I have to do. Let's say a brother goes against me. Let's say Titus. You know, does something against me. What is my responsibility? Because right now, it's a relational forgiveness enjoined. He tells us what we should do. Look at verse 15. If I've been sinned against, in other words, I didn't do it, but somebody did it against me. And it wounds me or whatever. Notice what it says. Moreover, if your brother shall trespass against you. If your brother trespasses against you, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. Why is that? And how often we don't do this. Right? We don't do that. Did you see what Titus did to me? Said to me. How dare he? And we're we're telling everybody, but Titus. Right? We're telling everybody, but... You know, and I just want... What is that called? Gossip. Sorry, we don't preach much on gossip, do we? No, no, no. We don't do that because we don't like it. But here's the deal. If Titus has sinned against me and I'm wounded by it, I am to go to him alone. Actually, I would want to say this. We first go to the Lord. And you first take it to the Lord, and you start, you know, you say, "Okay, am I overly sensitive? Am I, uh, you know, whatever?" But what if He comes and punches me in the nose? You know, with a beautiful nose like this. I mean, I've, I've had, I've had it happen to me a few times. You know, but I mean, it's not like you know. You just, I just want to come up and tell you today, Titus, you looked at me wrong. <laughs> uh, you, know, you know, go to the Lord first and see if you're like a little overly sensitive type thing. Okay, not Go to the Lord first. But if there's a serious situation that is between you, go to that individual first. Will you do that and stop going to your confidant and um, I'm just telling you this so you can pray better about it. You know, no you're not. You're doing this to gain sides. That's what you're doing. Go to that individual alone and then talk to them, I just want to just share with you something that you, you said something and it, or you when you slugged me in the face like that it really hurt and by the way great right hook you know and uh, you know but I just really wounded my nose and my ego uh, more than my beautiful nose but I just you know this bothered me and this whether it was you know and you know oftentimes this about the slugging forget that it was probably deliberate but you know like if a person says, says something to you they might be just kidding but they deeply wound you go to that person you know if you don't do this and the lord knows this the lord knows all about this. if you don't do that it festers it gets you know this is this beats dr phil hands down this does, you know, this psychology stuff. This, God knows about the psyche of the individual. And he knows that if you don't do this, this starts to fester and starts to get in. And you've you got to go and talk to the person. They might not have even meant it that way. But go to them alone. Because now it doesn't, it's not like a wildfire. It doesn't start spreading all over the place. Go to that person alone. And let's say it's literally legitimate. And that person, you go to that person and say, you know, you said something to me about something about me and it really wounded me and I just wanted to share that with you. Get out of my face, I'd say it again. Hmm. Got a problem. (laughs) And you don't have the problem. Actually, you do, but they have a problem. They got a major league problem. And their major league problem is that they're not looking at themselves In realistic terms, they don't really care. So what happens? If you go to him alone and you, oh, I'm so sorry, forgive me, please, forgive me. I ask you to, please, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean it. You've gained your brother. In fact, you know what happens often? You become closer with that person than ever before. It's true. You you become closer with that person than ever before. It's amazing. You've gained a you've g- you've gained not only a brother but you've gained a friend, and it's fantastic. But what if they diss you? Disrespect that street talk. Diss. I just learned that. But uh, what if they diss you and uh, they you they say forget it, and they won't hear you? Take with you one or two more. Th- That out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. You got three people standing there going, you know, this is what's taking place. You need to come clean with this. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, This is very serious. See, you know what happens oftentimes? You get this festering inside. Then you're not even sitting in the same section of the pews. Then you're not even going to the same chapel anymore. Personal relationships, big deal. It is a very, very big deal. And you get wounded. I'm not going there anymore, no way, if this doesn't get taken care of. And... You go to two or three, and if that person still doesn't hear you, notice, notice what else takes place. Notice what else. Matthew, and if they neglect to hear, tell it to the church. Whoa. And if they neglect to hear the church. So in other words, they would, it would come up for church discipline. This is right before the whole church. This person has done this, and this one, and if that doesn't jar them, into forgiveness with one another, then they're to be placed outside the church. Some people call this reading out of the meeting, etc. But the whole reason for this is to shame them, number one. Number two, bring them back. When you talk about church discipline, it's not vindictiveness that does it it's restoration it's to restore that person back now i know of a of an individual who had this kind of a situation they and they they sinned against you know the actually against the assembly and they somebody talked to him about it and, and they just they flew the coop they took off they went to france wrote a book <laughs> regarding the issue i mean it's really that's that's and the lord really was working on their hearts and and uh, what they what they the assembly had to do is they had to do this last step so they took off because of pride they took off because of pride and was ministering quote unquote ministering in in europe and then they came back And one brother said to him, you know, you've been read out of the meeting. You need to get that straight with that meeting before you do anything else in terms of ministry. He's a big guy. To his credit, he went back to that small little meeting and got up after the breaking of bread and asked them to forgive him. And they did. And he stayed in that meeting for years and years and years afterwards with happy fellowship. That meeting prayed for him in his ministry. That meeting ministered to him when nobody else could minister to him. It was a a rekindling of a great love relationship because that person followed the advice of another person saying, Get it straight. Get it straight with not just the assembly, but with the... Those of whom you injured. It was fantastic. Fantastic. And when you look at this and you say, wow, this is incredible. Look at, look at in terms of forgiveness and joy. We're coming back to Matthew 18. But I'd like you to look at Luke 17. Just quickly, Luke 17. Luke 17 and look at verses 3 and 4. Take heed to yourselves, verse 3. If your brother trespasses against you, rebuke him. And if he repent or has a change of mind, forgive him. And if he trespasses against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turns again to you, saying, I have a change of mind about this, I repent, you shall forgive him. Ha ha Well Okay, so let's get in so it's not only personal forgiveness enjoined, but also endorsed. Look at verses eighteen, Matthew eighteen, eighteen. And now the Lord Jesus is gonna say here's what the Lord Jesus says. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, whatsoever shall be loosed on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Right? This is amazing. Okay, again I say unto you, if the two of you agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. Don't rip this out of context. This is talking about forgiveness. So if there is, if somebody comes to me, and let's say Titus, comes, I go to Titus and he says, please forgive me, I, I say, sure. And it's done. It's forgiven. By God's grace, it's forgiven. We can actually say it's fu- it's finished. And you know what I love about this? And this is hard to do. The Bible says that God remembers our sins no more. Now how can an all-knowing God forget something? He willfully forgets it. As far as east is from the west, so far I have removed your transgression. So God makes an, a, a conscious decision. Your sins are forgiven. So... The thing about it is this. You must do the same. Forget it. It's forgiven. And we're one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. By the way, what could somebody do to you in a personal level that could be worse than what we did to Jesus? I want to ask you that. What could we do Have somebody do to us that God that we did to God that could be worse than what we did to God. And you know what we I mean, think of the worst transgression, cutting a child up, murdering a wife. I mean, I mean, what could we possibly do that would be worse than what we've done to God? And yet God willfully forgets. He forgives and then he forgets. So don't you dare hang on to this. Well, you know, they did that. I I forgive you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm hanging on. I'm hanging on. And when all that does is create bitterness. Forgive it. And it's gone. It's done with, right? It's done with. And so what happens is this he says to us, he says, you know, he talks about he talks about this. The whole issue, uh, treat him as a tax collector and everything like that. And then it says, Verily I say unto you, whatsoever shall be bound on earth shall be bound in heaven. If it's forgiven here, it's forgiven in heaven. If it's loosed on earth, it's loosed in heaven. It's forgiven. It's forgiven. Why? Because you know as well as they know, as well as God knows, how wicked we are. I am a wicked person. And it's far and away. And if, you, if I take offense and I can't forgive and then forget, I am saying by my pride that this is the transgression that can never really be forgiven. That ever happen? Now we have, we're not like God in that sense because sometimes you know it stings us and hurts us and so deeply. So hard. And this is where you got to say, God, help me. Help me to forget. Help me to forgive and help me forget. But see, Peter addresses this. He said, oftentimes you have forgotten that you have been forgiven. You have been forgiven. And so we look at this, and he, he tells us, and, and notice in verse 20, 19 and 20, it says, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst. God is forgiving this situation. That is for sure. Um, okay, now we've talked about forgiveness and, and and endorsed. now exemplified. Now the Lord Jesus is going to give an example. <laughs> this is, you know what this is like? This, this, leave it to the Lord. He cranes us with this example because we say, "Oh, I'm just like Peter, not Peter Myers, but Peter the apostle, you know, or Peter's God, not you know." Uh, Peter, look at look at what he says. Look at what he says. Verse in verse 21. Then Peter came to him and said, "Lord, how often should I?" I should, shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him. And the, the, the rabbis would say three times. So what does Pete do? Pete goes, oh, I'm going to look so spiritual now in front of everybody. I'm going to, mul- I'm going to multiply it by two and add one. So Lord, how often should I forgive my brother? Seven times. Disciples, do you get that? you get that? Everybody listening? do you catch that? Seven times. <laughs> and what does the Lord say? No. Seven times 70. And so that's the C. I went to MBI, not MIT. That's, uh, how much is that? Seven times 70. That's 490, right? So it's not the 491st time. He's not saying that. What he is doing is he's saying 490 times. How many times? It's limitless. It really is limitless. And so, what does he say? He said 400. He says 70 until 77 times 70, right? And then, look at verse 23. Therefore, is the kingdom of heaven likened? Okay. So now he's going into a parable here. A certain king who take account of his servants. And when he begun to reckon uh, one was brought to him, what he owed him, 10,000 talents. You know how much money that is? We go, Listen, if somebody says, I'm going to give you 10,000 talents of gold, I'm going to jump over the pew. Not the moon, not even the building, because my, my knees can't take it. But I'd be really excited, because 10,000 talents... $16,420,000. That's, that's, that's a lot of money. Now, oh, Chris, you have to understand, today's inflationary rate is going to be... Skip that for a second, okay? 16420000 bucks is a lot of money. Will we stipulate that? Will you agree with that? It's a lot of money. So this guy owed him that. And what did the guy do? Hey, the the Lord said, sell them all. Sell them all until he pays it. Then he pays, sell the kids, sell the family. He's a slave, right? Sell them all. What does he do? He begs, please. Oh, please. Don't do it. I'll pay you every last farthing. You know, right. You're not going to do that. It's so, so much it's unbelievable. You can't possibly in this lifetime pay that. And I couldn't do it now. I mean, I just couldn't do it now. And neither could you. So what does he say? It's so much. It's so beyond. It's, it's, that's what he owed. He laid down hands on him and by the throat and his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him saying, Have patience on me and I will pay you all. And so what did he do? The Lord forgave him. It's as if he never wrote it. You're free. How would you feel about that? You owe 16, not even you know, 16 million, four hundred twenty thousand dollars. You have, you hear these things on the IR, on the radio all the time. Yeah. If you have IRS debt, you know, <laughs> 16 million, just turn yourself in. That's all you got to do. You know, just turn yourself. It's over, right? Because 16 million. Then all of a sudden, you go to the IRS and you go. Uh, I only have sixteen million four hundred and twenty thousand. And they go, Hey, it's okay. See ya. It's alright, it's forgiven. Oh. do da. This is what this guy's doing. My with his tunic and everything, his sandals, you know. My oh my. Oop, I got a stone right there. What a wonderful day, you know, all this kind of stuff. He is so excited, this is fantastic, right? Hey, hey, Matt. How you doing? Matt. You owe me $15. Hmm. Let's see there. 15 bucks. Yep, 100 denarii. You owe me 100 denarii. That's 15 bucks. Fork it over. Oh man, I can't do it. Fifteen dollars. I just was forgiven sixteen million four hundred twenty thousand. That's a big load off me, right? You owe me fifteen bucks, man. I owe you fifteen bucks. I can't do it. I can't pay. Please, oh. and it's, yeah, 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 You've got to pay me. Hey, <whistles> arrest him. Throw him in prison until he pays all. Wouldn't you say that that's kind of chintzy on my part? Wouldn't you say that that's not very good and not very loving and not very... So this is what the Lord Jesus is saying to him, right? This is what he is saying. And so he's going, you know, this is, this is, this is bad. And then the servants come to the original, the Lord who's forgave him of 16 million plus dollars and says, hey, this is what took place. This is what took place. And the Lord said, I, I forgave you of that. And you can't forgive somebody at $15? You can't do that? Wow. Wow. So, He comes in, and this is what happens. He exhorts us. He exhorts us to forgive people. Now, I want to have you look at a couple of, would you turn with me to Ephesians chapter four? Are we going over time? I don't have a clue. We are going over time. Just a few more seconds. Okay. Just a few more hours. Okay. Okay. So Ephesians chapter, would you forgive me? <laughs> yes, baby. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So look at, look at Ephesians chapter four. Okay. Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter four verse thirty-two. For those of you who are having problems with other people, and you've tried to work it out, and you feel slighted because of your pride has been wounded, or whatever the situation is, Ephesians chapter four verse thirty-two. Look at Ephesians chapter four verse thirty-two, and uh, let's let's. I'm going to read it. You follow along, and be ye kind one to another. Tender hearted, forgiving one another. Now, notice this phrase even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. So, question How has Christ forgiven you? That's right, but He's forgiven everything. He's forgiven everything. We're like that guy with a $16,420,000 debt. And it's far beyond that. And when we trust Christ as our personal Savior, He forgives us of that debt. It's far and away far than we can ever imagine. And how, what it does to us in terms of separating us from God. Now, when I have a problem with somebody else, I am to forgive based off of that. As Christ forgave you, so do you. By the way, it's a transactional approach. Somebody might say, somebody slights you and they go, oh, just forgive them. Just forgive them. Just forgive them. Forget it and forgive. Them. Forgive and forget that. Just walk away. You'll feel better about it. You can't really do that. You can have the disposition of forgiving, but it needs to be transactional. It needs to be between me, if that's the pr- I'm one of the parties, and you. Has to be. Let me ask you a question. If we don't ask Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins and we don't take him as our personal Savior initially, does he forgive you of your sins? No. No. Your sins will send you right to hell and then to the lake of fire. So then the question is this if I don't, if we have a problem, Titus. And he doesn't forgive me, or I don't forgive him, it's not forgiven. That's why you take another three, two or three, and then if that's why you bring it before the whole church. This is serious business. This is serious business in terms of relationships. Uh, one more, Colossians chapter three. Look at this, chapter three, verse thirteen. He's talking, put on, verse 12, put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, tender mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. You do it too. Christ forgave you, so that you could, to do it too. This really helps. This is what God says about it. I didn't read you my own thoughts. I didn't read none of that. This is what God. So we look at this. We look at this in terms of we see the personal and relational forgiveness. We need to learn to obey these two aspects of forgiveness that God gives us. We are preaching in the open air. In Chicago, I didn't want to preach that day. (laughs) I wanted to go conjugate some Greek verbs and I didn't even know how to do that. I didn't want to go. Like some of us won't want to go tonight, right? We just want, I don't want to do that, no way. No, uh, March Madness, yes. No, Uh, football, no, that's not even on, is it? Uh, Anyway, I didn't want to go. I was nervous. I didn't want to preach that day. I'm standing there, and a guy comes up, the team leader comes up and goes, Chris, words? <laughs> words, an open-air preacher loved to hear. I go, what's that? He goes, you're up. I'm going, ah, <laughs> I'm up. <laughs> and I was starting the sketch it. I'm shaking like a leaf. I could feel the people behind me. And I'm going, mm, and I put all these birds up there. I mean, flocks of geese. And I wanted to put birds up. <laughs> I didn't want to turn around. That's what I didn't want to do. So I'm putting all these birds, make it real aesthetic. It looked like Alfred Hitchcock's movie, you know. Okay, so I'm going like the fine line, going, you got to turn around, Chris. And I'm going turn around, big crowd. And in the crowd was this black woman, beautiful black woman with a nice business suit on. And I started preaching, and I could hear my voice, and I was all self-conscious, etc., cetera, et cetera. And then the Lord did something, and I just started preaching and talking about how Jesus Christ forgives you of your sin, etc., etc., right? She starts weeping. I mean, it's not, <laughs> tear, tear, tear. It's, <laughs> you know, all, and all that goes with it. She was blubbering, weeping. She was a Christian. She didn't get saved that day. She had already been saved. But she was not living for him. And she couldn't believe somebody would come out onto the street in front of Marshall Fields, now Macy's, and tell people about Christ publicly like that. And she couldn't believe how great the forgiveness of God was for her walking away from the Lord in terms of backsliding. And she got right with God that very moment. And she experienced forgiveness that she initially experienced when she first trusted Christ, but lost that and now re-experienced it again because of Jesus Christ. I'm asking you today, I know we're a little over time, the late Chris Schroeder preached today, How is it going with you? And how is it going with your spouse, sibling, fellow brother or sister in Christ in this place? How is it going with you? Would you say everything's hunky-dory or you're having problems? Well, you have to get it straight. I'm not asking for an answer. Because I want, them, I, want them, I want everybody to think about how this is going to be. How is this going to be? Is this going to be in your own heart? Because if you don't, it will fracture your relationship with that person. It will fracture the fabric of this assembly. It will. It will do it. It will fracture it. And you don't want that. When I became a Christian, not only do I want a home in heaven, I want to know and experience fellowship with my brothers and sisters in Christ. That's what I want. So, Father, we do come before you and we ask you that you would help us in this and that you would bless us with this issue of forgiveness and understanding what your word has to say. If there's something we need to do, we ask you that you would just help us to do it. And we ask you that you would just really, if there's sin in our lives, forgive us, wash us clean. And then also, Lord God, help us to have a clean slate, not only with you in keeping short accounts, but also with each other. And we ask you to really work in this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Forgive me for going over (laughs) time. Thank you, my brother. <laughs> I don't
1: know
0: how that turns off. Anybody know how this turns off? Anybody know how to get this off?
1: Thank you. Yeah, man, thanks. thank you.